When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising. Mm-hmm. Football fever is burning through to my soul. Yeah. Cats, 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 you're gonna set me on fire. Mm-hmm. My brain is flaming, but I know just where to go. Yeah. The season's kicking off, and the bill will be a rockin'. And Bosco's what they're talking. Purple love. Purple love. Bosco's boy. Oh, just a hunk of hunk of purple love. And just a hunk of hunk of purple love. Boom, the boys are back, and folks, we are through week one. What a glorious week one that was. Uh, you know, all the way down to Duke pulling up an upset off of Clemson. Um, wild start to the college football season, and it is only going to get more wild. Um, so pumped to be back. We're going to be talking about Troy. Uh, as always, we'll, we'll, we'll go through a little bit of news. Nothing too crazy. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my takeaways from uh, Coach Klein and some of the players' press availability from Tuesday. I'll get into keys to V's, pick to click, all the stuff I'll be looking for on Saturday. And we're going to have game predictions going all through the Big 12. I mean, hell, (laughs) 14-team Big 12, uh, only picking 15 games. We'll only have one non-Big 12 game. We'll have a few more uh, big games, big national games that we'll pick uh, later on in the season. Um, but yeah, still still non-con. I think we start getting some Big 12 games next week. Um, so that's going to be fun once those pop up. Um, 
So the AP poll and the coaches poll were released uh, this afternoon. Uh, since there are games all the way through Monday, your K-State Wildcats back to being a top 15 team. Now, I, I've come on this show uh, probably no less than 50 times talking about how rankings don't matter, blah, 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 blah. Um, and some of this is going to, you know, so, some of you might want to call me a hypocrite, but it's super fun to see your team kind of get into those different uh, levels, you know, getting in the top 25 is fun. Then the top 20, now the top 15, climbing up there, seeing the name on the bottom ticker. Again, you climb up there, folks start talking about you. And I think there's going to be a little bit more chatter about this game. I imagine, of, of course, it's not going to be a headliner, even in the Big 12, absolutely stacked week two. Um, but, you know, big noon kickoff's going to be down at Texas. I'm sure they're going to be picking K-State. Troy, they'll talk about it, even though the game's on FS1 at 11 a.m. Also, hey, the high look, looks like it's only going to be 92. I say that, uh, but, you know, on the west side, I'll be in the sun. So it's going to probably feel hotter than last week. But uh, it, it's fun. It's fun to see that number, top 15 next to your name. And, and again, if K-State takes care of business... If they can keep climbing, uh, look, I, I think there's a chance we could get to the top 10. And, and I really do think that uh, that game versus Texas, uh, since Texas Tech and TCU decide they're not going to hold up their end of the bargain, I do think that game versus Texas uh, in early November could be one of those blockbusters, uh, so, some of the highest ranked uh, matchups uh, this season in the regular season for college football. I truly believe that. Um, so, you know, K-State, again, 15, uh, behind LSU in both polls. Uh, I, I think in both polls, look, I think, what, North Carolina is 16 in the coaches' poll behind us. And then I think it's Oregon State in the AP poll. I can't quite remember. Um, but TCU, Texas Tech dropping out of the rankings. Texas is in the top 10. OU at 17. TCU unofficially at 30, Missouri, Missouri unofficially at 36, Troy unofficially 37, Oklahoma State 38, KU 48, Texas Tech 49. So that's where uh, the teams on the schedule and the other Big 12 teams are lining up. I, I mean, there, there's a ton of votes being handed out to Big 12 teams across the two polls. I think across the two polls, 10 out of the 14 teams received at least one vote. Like UCF got votes in the AP poll, KU in the coaches poll, Baylor I think still had a was receiving a vote in the AP poll. Maybe it's the coaches poll. I can't quite remember, but I, I I still think it's going to be a fun Big Twelve race, even with some of the disappointment from last week. Um, nothing else too crazy. Again, we'll get into some of the injury talk. Uh, you know, inside the Chris Kleiman presser, uh, confirmation. Well, he didn't confirm. It sounds like he's saying Jake Clifton doubtful. I don't think we're going to see him again. I, I think targeting that Oklahoma State game after the bye is going to be correct. Uh, it sounds like confirmation, no Duffy this week. I would guess, I would guess he starts practicing maybe before the Missouri game. We might see him in the UCF game. But again, I think for all the guys who are a little banged up, a little nicked up, I'm targeting that Oklahoma State game. Keegan Johnson, you know, I, I said yesterday, I said during the Q&A, oh, we're going to see Keegan Johnson. I'm not 100% certain about that anymore. 
Um, we'll see. Hope, hoping, uh, I hope that's the case. Uh, but, but that's going to be the first thing I'm looking for when I walk in to the stadium on Saturday. I'm going to try to find that number 10 warming up with the wide receivers. Um, last week there were a handful of 2025 guys, um, some in-state kids, some studs for the class of 2025. This week, even for the 11 a.m. game, the biggest target left on the recruiting board, Michael Boganowski. Out of Junction City, he's going to be in the house. He visited Oklahoma last week, coming down to Oklahoma, K-State, maybe KU is in the business. So that's going to be a big recruit on campus next week. Multiple outlets reporting that he's going to be in town. Um, but but of course, you know, check out K-State online. Check out Go Powercat. Check out uh, you know Kansas City Star with Calis Robinette. All sorts of great subscription publications can go deeper into that. I'm not going to steal anything that is super premium information, uh, but all those outlets are doing a great job talking about that. That's being widely reported, though, so I figured it was okay to share that with you guys. Uh, It's a big one. It's a very big one. Hopefully, K-State can get it done. Um, So, yeah, uh, nothing else too crazy. Um, I, I'm just pumped. It's going to be a massive week of college football starting on Friday. Uh, so let, let's get into it. Let's talk about Chris Kleiman's press conference. Before we do, I want to shout out Manhattan Brewing Company. Folks, 11 a.m. game, this is what you need to do. After K-State gets it done, after the game is finished up, you need to beeline to points and get a couple refreshing beers Straight from the source at the tap room. 11 a.m. game, that means you have plenty of time to hang out after the game at Manhattan Brewing Company. You guys know it. You guys love it. It is the Bosco's Boys signature flight. Get the championship run taster while you still can. It's going to tap out soon. The pumpkin batch, the greatest pumpkin beer in the world. Townie Wheat, you know it, you love it. It is the official tailgate beer of 2023 and the Always Sunny Milkshake IPA. That is the official Bosco's Boys flight. Get in there, take a picture, send it to us. We've already had a couple secret winners. I'm not going to tell you what the prize is. I'm not going to tell you what the prize is. But if you tweet it in, you go into a drawing. I do the drawing every single Monday. Shout out to Connor Baltazar. He won this past week. He got the secret prize. So take pictures of your flights. Take pictures of your pints at Manhattan Brewing Company. Send it in for a shot at the secret prize. Let's get into Chris Kleiman's press conference. Um, He started off in his opening statement talking about how much he loved getting all the reps for the young guys uh, versus SEMO. I thought that was massive. It was one of my keys. And... The more and more I watch from the game, re-watching the game, seeing the highlights, the more and more I'm impressed by some of these young guys. He goes into it later. I, I don't know if I had this in my notes, but he talked about how a lot of the young guys, it wasn't uh, they, they weren't making mistakes when it comes to knowing the system. They were seeing the game in front of them. The lights were not too bright. They were up for the challenge. It sounds like they just kind of harped a little bit on technique, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Sounds like they need to clean up some technique stuff. But again, with how great a coaches that K-State have, that's something that can be cleaned up. The fact that they're already able to run through their progressions, know the calls, know the audibles, know the hot calls, uh, and know where to be on the field 
and to do it quickly and not be intimidated by the bright lights, that says a lot about this young team. Um, they said in the next few padded practices, they are going to focus on that technique, really ha- uh, honing in on that with the young guys. I'm sure that's going to be uh, big, and I, I'm still I'm expecting big things from a lot of the freshmen. Go back to that Q and A episode from t- uh, from uh, Tuesday. Uh, I, I'm just I'm just tossing out. Yeah, you know, I'm burning red shirts left and right because I'm so impressed with some of these true freshmen, especially on the defense side of the ball. They get their technique up there. Uh, the sky's the limit for some of these guys. Just a next level class of athlete at K State. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, When you start talking about Troy, and and I think this is stuff we all knew. I think when... Uh, the calendar flipped over to 2023 once we got done with basketball season, that magical basketball season, and we started diagnosing and started looking at the schedule for 2023. I think K-State fans instantly went to Troy, saw hot damn, here we are playing a 12-win team, and I think K-State fans are putting a lot of respect on this game. And I think that Chris Kleiman definitely is too. He went through a bunch of their roster talking about how veteran they are, how they have this culture of winning, how they're not going to be intimidated coming into Manhattan because they have some Power 5 transfers, because they have guys on their team who have beat Power 5 teams. Um, They have the second active winning streak, longest winning streak in college football. It's Georgia and then it's Troy for Division One football. The only Georgia has a longer winning streak. Um, and they're a veteran team. So he really pounded that home. And I think he was trying to send a message not only to the guys in the locker room, but to the fan base as well. Um, asked about Avery Johnson versus Jake Rubley's the QB2. Made sure to mention, he mentioned this a few times last week in and postgame, that Jake Rubley missed some time in summer camp, in preseason camp. That allowed Avery maybe to get in front of him. Said it's something that's going to be evaluated week by week at quarterback two. Now, is that coach speak? Is that trying to keep Jake Rubley engaged? I don't know. I would lean towards saying yes. I think we saw what Avery Johnson can do. The staff definitely knows what Avery Johnson can do. But as I said in the Q&A, and as, as I said in the game recap, K-State needs to keep Jake Rubley involved. And honestly, I think they need to go full court press to try to keep him around next year, if, even if Will Howard does go to the NFL. Um, just like you, you need him to be ready because, folks, football is a vibe. You need to call on Jake Rubley to help see out a game, help win a game this season. We saw it last year. We very well can see it again. Um, asked about can you take anything from the stumble against Arkansas State and Troy and put it on to this game? Chris Kleiman really said no. Says everything is a game by game and K-State's good enough that if we take care of business, we're going to win. It's about making sure K-State's prepared. He's 100% right. 
again, I would like to think that while you, you don't take anything game-wise by or semantics or anything from that Tulane game outside of maybe saying, hey, you have to go out and win it. You can't play cute. You can't hide everything. Um, I, I think that's right. I, I think ultimately every game on this schedule you can't sleepwalk past, but at the same time, it's not like you need the other team to fall asleep either. I think K-State is good enough that if they play their A-plus game, they can win. O team, you can put a D-plus game on there on paper and win that game. So I, I, I really like Here's a question, and I think some folks were taken uh, back by it, uh, but Chris Common was asked about some of the celebrations from the last game. Uh, Chris Common said he wasn't really paying too much attention except for he was in a couple of the defensive meeting rooms and, and he really liked Khalid Dukes reeling in the fish celebration. I like the swagger that this team has. I like the fun that they're able to have. That's what's fun about college sports is seeing these kids out there make a big play celebrating, you know, the Khalid Duke, uh, RJ Garcia, Uso, all sorts of fun celebrations. I liked that question. I know some like, what? why is the media asking Chris Kleiman about that? I liked it. I think we. I. I think they should ask him every single week after everyone. Hey, what was the best celebration on the field? Um, again, intimidated by the atmosphere. They're a G five program that has beat big time programs, and it's not going to be. The moment isn't going to be too big for Troy. And again, I. I think that there are some teams out there that are like that. Go back to his first year playing Bowling Green, playing a team from the MAC, a bad team from the MAC. Look, I, I, I think that there are teams out there, but that's not that's not what we have on the schedule. This is not 2023 Arkansas State that Oklahoma just piss-pounded. You know, they might be the worst FBS program in the nation this year. This is not that team. Troy is going to be in the mix to win the Sun Belt again. And look, there is so much hype around the Sun Belt. There is a chance that the winner of the Sun Belt could be that G5 team that gets a New Year's Six Bowl. It's you know I, I think it could be you know if Boise State has a big year in the Mountain West, uh, Tulane's going to be a t- uh, Kender in the American. But I'm going to tell you this right now: if Troy goes off and has an undefeated team in the Sun Belt, they could be a team that's playing in the Cotton Bowl, playing in the Fiesta Bowl this January. Uh, mentioned up top, uh, Chris Kleiman said Jake Clifton doubtful. That's why he wasn't on the uh, depth chart. I feel confident enough saying he is not going to play. Jake Clifton is out. I feel very confident saying that. I would be shocked to see Jake Clifton pl- uh, playing. I uh, was asked specifically about Cooper Beebe and his ability to play both guard spots, both tackle spots. Uh, we all know what Cooper Beebe is capable of he is the best in the business he's the best offensive lineman in the big 12 i think he's the best interior guy in college football all that said i want to see him playing more at right tackle we might get into it a little bit later i think until duffy is back k-state's offense and k-state's offensive line would be best off with cooper bb at right tackle and you have uh you know panzer and portier both playing guard. 
I'm sure they're going to start off with Carver Willis, but again, they need to. Troy is a good enough team that you need to be able to make that change quickly. Cooper Beebe was talking uh, in the media. He was one of the players. He said that he knew it was a possibility he might have to be playing, you know, left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard, play all over the place. Uh, and he was practicing at a lot of spots in uh, preseason camp. He's capable of doing it. Um, this is not a game you can mess around. If Carver Willis is not up for it on Saturday, you have to make the move quickly. Uh, pleased with the wide receivers. Really praised uh, uh, Jaden Jackson's ability to block downfield. Also gave him a lot of praise for that big touchdown. Uh, he said this is just what he's expecting out of RJ Garcia. Says that he can be a true number one wide receiver. Says that Seth Porter will get back into the mix, into the rotation at wide receiver. And again, uh, Keegan Johnson limited on Monday. Going to have to see how things play out. Uh, and just play things by ear come Saturday. Again, that's why I'm not nearly as confident in him playing in Saturday as I was saying yesterday. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I want to see Keegan Johnson get out there, even if it is just for a handful of plays, uh, because I, I think we might really need him next week versus Missouri. Uh, when asked about what do you say to Will Howard when he does make a mistake, Chris Clemens just said, hey, you, you just ask him what he see, saw out there and you talk through it. Will is his harshest critic. He wants to be a perfectionist. Uh, there's nothing that you can really say. He knows exactly when he makes a mistake where he made the mistake. Um, and at this point, you know, this is his fourth year playing. That's what you would expect out of Will Howard, especially with all the uh, steps that he made. Chris Clemens specifically said, hey, it really started last spring while they were waiting for Adrian Martinez to get uh, fully cleared and he was able to take all the first team reps last spring and, and the rest is history we've seen how good he's looked so far um, said that uh, when, when talking about Chris Tennant and how pleased he was said that hey you really have to treat them more like pitchers and that's maybe something that they learned last year with Chris Tennant that hey you know ha have them kick a little on Monday give them Tuesday off let them go again on Wednesday and, and have them on a kick count Especially when you're kicking off as much as you are, uh, you really want to protect his leg strength. Said that that's part of uh, what went into waiting until later in the season to give all the kicking duties to Chris or to Ty Zentner last year, um, and say, "Hey, we know how to handle it moving forward." Um, and then the final thing that that I wanted to point out, just a lot of praise for the defensive line. Said that the coaches had Brendan Mott as the top defensive end of the game. And Uso, who only played like 11 snaps, was the defensive tackle in the game. But said that, hey, this season they're really going to focus on rotating. So every single snap that a defensive lineman is out there, you have to go mock one is what he said. Hey, you got to go all out. And if you have enough confidence in going three deep at defensive tackle, and you have enough confidence playing four different defensive ends. I love that. I absolutely love that. I, I think the defensive line is exactly where you need to be rotating as much as you are because, folks, that's going to make a massive difference in fourth quarters of games if you have that energy, if you have that boost, especially on big plays that, hey, you have that little bit of extra energy that the offensive line on the other side don't. That is going to be massive. I love hearing that from Chris Kleinman. Nothing too crazy um, from the players. A lot of talk uh, from Kobe Savage saying that, hey, you know, 
the technique for uh, uh, on a few plays could have been better. But when you still have some of those mistakes you can learn from and you still get the shutout, that really energizes the defense. Um, Kobe Savage also talking about how pumped he is to have Marquise Siegel right next to him uh, on Saturday after his one-game uh, uh, suspension. Talked about how he's a veteran guy, very good in man-to-man coverage. Again, it's good to get him in for this game versus Troy. Get him up to the task. Get him ready. Because again, that Missouri game, you're going to need to go man-on-man. You're going to have to have uh, guys going one-on-one with outside players. Because especially if it's you know Brady Cook out there. I mean, you're going to have a guy who can run a little bit. So you're going to need to depend on your safeties, depend on your corners to go man-on-man so the linebackers and the safeties who are in a zone can really key in on the quarterback run game. Um, So having Siegel out there who can do that, that's going to be massive. Um, And then there there was a few of the players kind of admitted, you know, that, hey, maybe maybe they were looking past Tulane last year, starting 2-0, coming off that big victory over Mizzou. I think that they're dialed in on this game. I've kind of gone back and forth throughout the offseason into where I am now about being worried about this game. I think that this team, these players, these coaches are so dialed in on it. Um, I have a hard time seeing this one go south on us. So I, I'm pumped for that game. I'm going to talk about, you know, what's on the line, what I'm looking for, all that extra fun jazz. But before I do, I want to talk about Charlie Hustle. I'm going to be rocking my Lavender K-State football helmet t-shirt to Bill Snyder Family Stadium on Saturday. Folks, they have all sorts of great stuff. They have, like I said, the Lavender K-State football helmet uh, t-shirt. They had... Such a great lineup of helmet tees. Again, I'm not buying anything that isn't K-State. But as I've said pretty publicly, my brother is a KU fan. Uh, I might just be buying him the KU football helmet tee. Uh, But they have all those great vintage logos. If you're buying gifts for someone who is not lucky enough to be a K-State fan, they have plenty of colleges as well. And hey, before you know it, it's going to be crew next season as well. Make sure you're in the best looking, most comfortable, and most stylish officially licensed K-State apparel. Also, of course, the amazing NIL shirts as well. Also, there's some team you know, in, in a big old parking lot in Raytown, Missouri that's kicking off their season on Thursday. Maybe folks should start tweeting at Charlie Hustle saying, hey, we want a Felix and DK Uzama shirt in your Arrowhead collection as well. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, uh, let's get into it. Uh, Look, talked about it a little bit in the Q&A. Talked a little bit about it on the game review show. I'm guessing I'm going to have to talk about it again next week. The Big 12 did not have a good week one. I don't think the Big 12 is going to have a great week two either, if I'm being honest, which we'll touch on those games here in a little bit. Uh, But you don't want to be part of that conversation. 
while none of these games count towards the goal of getting back to Arlington, momentum is a real thing. And in a, a sport, college football, where perce- perception probably matters too much, being one of the only handful of teams who might be still unscathed through the first two weeks in the Big 12, that counts for something. And I again, we, we saw some of the upsets last week. And some of them, they're not even going to be upsets this week. Um, there are some straight-up underdogs. I think it's going to be a rough week for the Big 12. You don't want to find yourself on that list. You want to continue to stay cemented in that upper tier. And I think avoiding that upset bid from Troy is going to be absolutely massive. Speaking of that, there's an aura around the program. There's apprehension amongst the fan base. Um, I I talked about it a little bit. Look, uh, if you drop another game versus a G5 school, um, especially this year, especially going back-to-back, it's going to be something that's tough for Chris Kleiman and this this program to shake. You know, currently a losing record versus G5 schools, beating Nevada, which folks forget Nevada actually was the betting favorite coming into that game uh, because Skylar Thompson got hurt. That was back when Nevada was supposed to be the real deal. And Bowling Green. Those are your two victories. Losing in a bowl game to Navy. Losing that just disgusting Arkansas State game. And again, that Tulane game just last year. Um, That's going to be something that is going to kind of follow this program around. If you drop another one, if you go to 2-4, and I don't know if that's ever going to be something that's shaken. Even 10 years from now, that's going to be something that K-State fans kind of have to wear around uh, for the entirety of the Chris Kleiman era. Luckily, I'm not going to predict that. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it'll be okay. But again, that is one of the more major things, um, especially beyond momentum ramping up for what is about to be a 10-game gauntlet all versus Power 5 teams from here on out. Uh How about Will Howard? Outside of that interception, absolutely massive game last week. You put up another game where you're 280 yards, a couple scores, uh, don't throw any interceptions this time, maybe pick up another rushing or receiving, go back-to-back receiving weeks, hey, maybe. Um, All of a sudden, you start getting that name recognition. Hey, you start getting those accolades outside of Manhattan, Kansas. And again, for a player who we spent a lot of the time in the offseason talking about, okay, what can he do in the record books? What can he do when you're talking about the history books? When you're talking about the legends? When you're talking about some of the greats to ever do it? Um, you put up another 280-yard game, couple touchdown game. All of a sudden, hey, those whispers start getting a little bit louder. That momentum starting to build up for your quarterback. And again, you have that momentum. You have that confidence in QB1. Literally anything can happen. And you go back to back. You have that sort of swagger. You have that kind of you know pin to your chest going into Columbia, Missouri the following week. That would be massive for Will Howard. Uh, I talked about it uh, a little bit earlier. I'm hoping to see Keegan Johnson. I, I, I'm hoping that's something we get to see. And if we do... Hope to get him a couple touches. Again, maybe give him kind of the Uso program. Have him out there for 10, 12 plays. Again, I'm not looking for him to go 50 plays that very first game, especially if he is still dealing with something. But I don't want his first game back 
to be in Columbia, Missouri. Again, that's a game we should win. I, it's Missouri's not Alabama. This is not a game where uh, we have to play perfect to win. But I tell you what, I would sure like our most talented wide receiver to be an option. I would sure like him to be on the field. I would sure like for him not to just be getting his feet wet, but continue to ramp up to maybe 30, 40 to, uh, plays a game uh, in Columbia. And then by the time Big 12 play hits, no restrictions. I don't think you get either of those two things if he doesn't play at least 10 snaps, get a couple touches versus uh, Troy. That's really something I'm going to be keying in on and hoping to see. Also, I'm super excited to see Marquis Siegel starting at safety after his one-game suspension to see how the secondary, uh, you know, kind of deals with the increase in talent. Again, if you have to be suspended, Simo's the game. I think both sides of the ball whether it's trenches or on the outside, are going to get a much steeper test um, than we saw last week. Getting Marquis Siegel back will be absolutely massive. All that said, you know, I, I thought Colby McAllister was good. I'm, I was happy to see him out there, but I'll be pumped to see Siegel out there because, again, we've heard the coaches say he might be the next FCS transfer guy to come into K-State in the secondary and then get drafted. Hear his name called for the NFL draft. He might just be the next one. Um, and then another one. How many of the true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, uh, you know, and sophomores, how many of the underclassmen are we going to see early? Again, we saw rotation early in often versus SEMO. Are we going to see that versus Troy, a team that is capable there, talented enough to beat you? Are we going to see some of these guys get snaps while the game is still in doubt? Now, I'm hoping we get a big blowout. I'm hoping that leads to... Uh, a lot of rotation late in the game, but that's not a given. So are you going to see guys like Asa Newsom and Toby O playing linebacker snaps early in the game? Are you going to see guys like Trey Spivey, Jace Brown in there, you know, in the first half while the game is still in doubt? Those are going to be some things that I'm looking for. Jack Fabris, you know, let, let's see what happens with those young guys that we saw playing last week. Are we going to see them out there? I think we're going to see them on special teams, but I, I want to see if they're out there playing uh, real snaps on their side of the ball while the game is still in doubt. Final thing I'm really going to be keying in on, Right tackle, look, uh, Carver Willis, I, I mean, at this point, I, I've said it a few times, I'm not the only one, um, he had a rough start to the game, now, he played a little bit better later, but again, nothing to write home about, and honestly, the entire offensive line, minus Cooper Beebe and KT Leviston, left a little bit to be desired in that game, but specifically that right tackle, if Carver Willis is having a tough time ramping up and getting into the game early, uh, I'm looking for a quick trigger to to bump Cooper BB back out there quick because again this is not a game we should be messing around with. All right, now it's time to get into the picks to click or not not the picks to click. We'll get there in a second. Here are my four keys to V. The first one: slow down their rushing attack, folks. Listen to this: their running back last week, vital who was the Sunbelt uh, All-Conference player last year. 250 yards rushing on 25 carries. 10 yards a carry, setting a record for Troy. This might be one of the better running backs we see this season. This is going to be a future NFL type of guy. 
We saw what we did to a good rushing attack in SEMO. 0.4 yards a carry. It took them all the way until mop-up duty in this in the fourth quarter to get above that negative rushing attack. But guys, this is another big time challenge. This is an offensive line that knows how to get things done in the trenches. Yes, only versus Stephen F. Austin. I understand it. But how many times is anyone is anyone in the country going to hand get handed the ball? 20 plus times and be up around 10 yards per carry. How many times is that going to happen this year? I'm going to say not many, no matter what the level of Division I football. So you really have to slow down their rushing attack. The second one kind of goes back to that final thing I was looking for, final thing that's kind of uh, going to be on my mind as we approach game day. We cannot have a warm-up period. We can't have a ramp-up period for the offensive line. Again, it took a while for them to get into the game last week. They need to hit the ground running and really assert their dominance early. And if changes need to be made, they need to be made quick. Again, much tougher task in the trenches versus Troy versus SEMO. You have a veteran team in the trenches. And again, this is going to be a much bigger task. Opening up those holes, keeping Will clean, Gotta start hot there. The next one, force some turnovers. Weren't able to do it versus SEMO, but this is a quarterback, while it's a veteran quarterback, he's a guy that if, if you can have uh, decent coverage, he might try to force some. There's going to be opportunities for interceptions. There's going to be opportunities for strip sacks. I want to see K-State turn them over a couple times. Give me two. If we get two turnovers or more, that's going to be an A. Only getting one, I'll give them a B. And then if you don't turn them over, straight up F. I know there is an element of luck. It's called turnover luck. The analytics folks really point to, hey, if you have a bunch of turnover luck one year, it usually balances out the next. Again, I understand that, but you're going to have to put yourself in opportunities to maximize the mistakes made and the opportunities given to you from Troy. Troy will give you opportunities. You have to take them and take the ball back. And then the final one, again, do not overlook Troy. I have no idea how I'm going to grade this on Monday's show. I have no idea. I... I I'm probably just going to go off vibes. <laughs> you know, if you start off hot, if the team looks like they're bought in, if you avoid some of those stupid mistakes, I'll probably give it an A. Um, but, but you can't have a repeat of Tulane uh, 2022. Now, this Troy team is not as good as that Tulane team. And I think that there is a very real argument that this K-State team is better than last year. I'll say this right now. I'm a lot more confident in... Week two, week three, early on, I I, I think that this K-State team is starting off at a stronger point than, than, than they did last year. I really do think they had to taste blood in their mouth after that two-lane game to really get things going as we saw on the road at Oklahoma the following week. So I, I, I'm hoping they just take care of business, steamroll, do it early. But if you take this Troy team lightly... It's going to be a cardiac Cats game. It's going to go down to the wire, and you very well may lose. This is a game. From here on out, there, is, there isn't a single game. Over the next 12 weeks, because you got to buy, and hell, Big 12 championship game maybe, but basically from now until the FCS game that you have next, uh, next year, you are going to be capable of losing. So you can't take any team lightly. Definitely not Troy.
Let's get into my picks to click. Two guys that I think, and, and again, I don't know if they're going to be the MVP, but I think as I'm riding home to Topeka from Bill Snyder Family Stadium, chatting with my dad, listening to Stan and Wyatt on the uh, on the post-game radio show, I think I'm going to turn to my father and say, you know who had a good game? Uso. You know who had a good game? Ben Sennett. Now, Uso's going to have to have a big game because he's going to have to be eating double teams like it's all-you-can-eat night at Golden Corral, man. He is going to have to take up the center and guard every single time. And, hell, he might have to get three guys. It is going to be impar- it's gonna it's gonna be a massive deal that he gets penetration and is taking up blocks to disrupt that running game for Austin Moore, for Daniel Green, for Desmond Purnell to clean everything up for Kobe Savage, for VJ Payne, for Marquis Siegel to clean everything up in this running game. Uso is going to have to have a big game eating double teams, getting penetration, and just making life hell for the Troy center and guards. The other one, Ben Sennett. Can't be fumbling the ball, but again, five for 100 yards. Ben Sennett is the type of guy who can expose G5 teams. He's a type of guy who can expose kind of that middle class of the Big 12 because he is that type of weapon. He is that sort of a mismatch. Not every team can match up with a guy of Ben Sennett's quality because he is too big. He's going to be able to box out any sort of corner. He's too fast. You can't be putting linebackers on him. You're going to need good NFL caliber safeties to try to take Ben Sennett out of the game. And I think we're going to see Ben Sennett come up big on some early third downs and in the red zone. I don't know if he's going to have five receptions. I don't think he's probably going to get to 100 yards again, but he is going to have to come up big early in the game on an early third down or on a goal-to-go situation to get into pay dirt. So Uso and Ben Sennett are my picks to click. Now I'm going to go through, we got uh, Big 12 games, I got the bonehead picks, I got my own picks, we got the Big 12 games, uh, we got Ole Miss at Tulane, but before we do, again, 11 a.m. game, you know where to go after, Manhattan Brewing Company. Enjoy that great day of college football, grab some food, bring it into the tap room with you, and drink a couple pints in Manhattan after the game. Now, if you're getting into Manhattan on Friday, get a couple pints the night before, get a couple four-packs of Towny Wheat, get some Crowlers of uh, Always Sunny Milkshake IPA, get some stuff from Golazo. They just had a new they just had a new batch of Tasty IPA, super fresh IPA. Get some pumpkin beers and take them to your morning tailgate tomorrow or on Saturday. Excuse me. You know, if 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 you if you like a little uh, morning cocktail, do a beer mosa. Forget champagne. No, get get a beer mosa going on with some towny wheat or one of those IPAs. Mix it with some orange juice if that's what you're into. But I tell you what, nothing hits a spot like an 8 a.m. pumpkin beer. And, of course, Towny Wheat, the tailgate beer of the season. Check out Manhattan Brewing Company and buy some four-packs at your local liquor store. 
Last week it was bad. I went ten and five. Boneheads went ten and five. Again, uh, bad start to the year for the Big Twelve, and that correlates with our picks. Uh, you know, I go going ten. I think this is the first time uh, that uh, week one has been so poor. Not only for me, but for the Boneheads. Let's get into the picks. We got Friday night, Illinois at KU. Boneheads going with Illinois. Look, they had to pull something out of their ass versus Toledo. Uh, Toledo might be contending for the MAC, but it's still the MAC. Um, I think KU gets it done. I think I just don't think Illinois is nearly as good as like I think probably K State fans were hoping. Uh, so I have KU. Uh, by seven, I think they win by a touchdown. I think it's going to be, you know, uh, 31 to 24 type game. I think uh, KU rocking those black uniforms get it done. That's with or without the glass boy Jalen Daniels uh, coming back. Got KU. Uh, Utah Baylor. Look, Baylor. Uh, Dave Aranda, fraud. I'm sorry. Had to call the Baldy a fraud. Uh, Boneheads, 95% of folks on Utah, I agree. I think Utah gets that done at uh, Baylor Stadium. Uh, Southern Utah versus BYU. I mean, BYU is going to smoke them. Don't even know who that is. El Asico, the parlay party, all sponsored by BetMGM. Iowa at Iowa State. Sounds like former President Donald Trump's going to be there as well. If that game couldn't get any more weird. Um, look, Boneheads have Iowa 64%. I have Iowa as well. Um, <laughs> we're going to see what happens. I mean, look, it would be hilarious for Iowa State to go back-to-back years beating Iowa. And then back-to-back years where they're amongst the worst in the Big 12. Um, but I don't have it in, in me to pick it, so... I'm going with the Hawkeyes. We'll see. We'll see what happens at El Asico, the parlay party. Um, SMU at Oklahoma. Uh, Boneheads have Oklahoma 91%. Uh, look, I think SMU might give them a bit of trouble. Uh, I think SMU, they, they did pretty well in the portal. Hell, they're ramping up to be an ACC school. Uh, but I do think Oklahoma gets it done probably by 15 to 20 points. Uh Duquesne in West Virginia, some random FCS school at West Virginia. Boneheads of West Virginia, 92%. So do I. Neil Brown, this could be Neil Brown's final victory as a West Virginia Mountaineer coach. Uh, and it's fitting because throughout the history of West Virginia, they've basically been playing FCS teams their entire time. Uh, this was the closest one. Uh, this one in the Illinois game, uh, KU Illinois game, Cincinnati at Pitt. For a while, Cincinnati was winning the bit bonehead vote, uh, but it closed at Pitt 58%. I'm going with Pittsburgh as well. Uh, won't be much of an atmosphere at the Pittsburgh Steelers Stadium. Absolutely tragic. An ACC school is sharing a stadium with the NFL. No atmosphere. Pitt sucks, but they're going to get the win. I'm afraid they're going to go back-to-back over Big 12 teams in the next couple weeks. Texas at Alabama. Everyone in the world is going to be at this game. Game day, big noon kickoff. Every celebrity, every single college football influencer. um, Bryant-Denny Stadium. Alabama is the pick. 86% by the Boneheads. I've been saying it all offseason. Um, I'm not going to turn away from it now. I have Texas pulling off the upset at Alabama. Here's my Big 12 game of the week, though. 
fuck Texas, fuck Alabama. Mom, I'm sorry for using the F word. Um, Oregon at Texas Tech. This is my Big 12 game of the week. Can Texas Tech bounce back? Again, they were the sexy pick. They were the dark horse pick for being a Big 12 contender, being an Arlington contender. They lose on the road at Wyoming. Can they pull off the upset in West Texas versus Oregon? How do the Ducks deal with that West Texas heat? I'm sure the atmosphere probably going to be dulled a little bit after last week, but I still think it'll be bumping out at ATT Jones Stadium. Uh, Boneheads have Oregon 73%. I wish I could pick Texas Tech, but I can't. I have Oregon winning. Uh, I have Central Florida going to Boise State. Look, Central Florida, if you don't win this game, I want to return you. I want to kick you out of the conference. Prove that you're a Power 5 school. You can't lose at Boise. You can't do it. I have Central Florida. The Boneheads have Central Florida 86%. Houston going across town at Rice. Uh, it should be Houston easy. Again, they're uh, riding high after that win over UTSA. That was the game I had over on the Boneheads. You know, if I just would have picked Iowa State instead of Northern Iowa, I would, I would have a game up on the Boneheads. Uh, but we both have Houston. Nichols at TCU should be a bounce back for TCU. I imagine they're going to try to send a message. Oklahoma State at Arizona State. Drink your pumpkin cream cold brew. Uh, it's going to be a late one if you want to watch this. Kicking off at 9 Excuse me, 9.30 p.m. out in the desert. Did you guys know a sun devil is really just like a uh, like a dirt tornado out in the desert? Look it up. Sun devil is just like a, a, a dirt tornado. Just a dust bowl. That's all it is. Oklahoma State, 78% by the Boneheads. I have Oklahoma State winning as well. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to see Jaden Rashada at Arizona State uh, starting out there. True freshman. We'll see what happens there. Ole Miss at Tulane. Boneheads rocking with the green wave. I'm going with Ole Miss. 63% for Tulane with the Boneheads. I'm going with Ole Miss. I think that's going to be a great game. A little preview of uh, what sort of atmosphere K-State fans should be expecting uh, 52 weeks from now. And then finally, K-State versus Troy. 97% of the Boneheads have K-State, my pick sponsored by Charlie Hustle. You know I'm going to be rocking my lavender K-State football helmet. So it's a lavender shirt, the traditional silver helmet with wildcats. See me? Come say hi. My wardrobe all season long sponsored by Charlie Hustle. I'm going K-State and the number's currently at what? 16, 17? Uh, I'm going to have K-State... 42, Tulane 21. Uh, Tulane scoring a late touchdown, kind of getting in backdoor cover type territory. Um, 42-21. Nervy early. K-State owns uh, the second, third, and early fourth quarter. Makes it end up being comfortable. It's going to be a little nervous early on, but 42-21. we double them up. Will Howard has a big game. We get a couple takeaways. Ben Sennett gets in the end zone. DJ gets in the end zone. Trayshawn Ward gets in the end zone. Uso gets a sack. Mott gets a sack. Kobe Savage gets an interception. Uh, so that's what we have, and it should be a fun game. I can't wait to get back in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. If you see me, come say hi. Um, shout out to all the Boneheads. Uh, if you're listening to this on release day, we'll be going live 7 p.m. on Zoom. So you guys can give me your final take on the SEMO game. Get your picks to click in. Get your keys to VN. Get your predictions in.
So if you're not following the super secret speakeasy account to get access to the show, shoot me a DM and I will get you access. Whew. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for more football. Oh, man. After five days straight, this Tuesday and Wednesday as we're waiting for the NFL season to kick off and Friday to get some more college football seems like forever. Getting through that long, dormant period all spring and summer long, you get those five glorious days. And, man, the wait seems that the next three days seem just as long as the previous three months. But football will be back very soon, I promise you. So for Charlie Hustle, Vintage Made Fresh, go get your officially licensed K-State gear today. For Manhattan Brewing Company, the best craft brewery in the state of Kansas. And for Chauncey Bosco, the best dog in the world. We love you guys. Go Cats. Network.